Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. This is the In This League Fantasy Podcast Network. In This League Fantasy Basketball Podcast, online at inthisleague.com. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and SoundCloud today. Now, here's your host, Bogman and the Welsh. What's up, friendos? It is the In This League Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Final week of prep because this weekend, that's your final draft weekend, NBA basketball starts on the 22nd. I don't even Let's know go. how to comprehend it, but that is Bogman. I am Welsh. His Rockets are ready to go. My Phoenix Suns are ready to disappoint. And I hopefully, and hopefully, your fantasy seasons are going to be lit. On the episode today, Aaron Bruski, our boy, Aaron Bruski from Hoopball, coming on the pod to join Bogman. And uh, you are going to pull out everything you possibly can of the Bruski 150. That's right. I'm going to get 45 guys at least. At least. So. It is always, it is like, you know, here's what it's like. In Game of Thrones, where they magically find chains in the Winterland and they're, you know, bringing that thing up from the water. Same, I'm a mm-hmm. little ambiguity. What is the word? Ambiguity. Ambiguity. I don't know why I couldn't say it. A little ambiguity there of what they're pulling out of the water. And they have those big, massive chains and it takes a million people to do it. That's what it's sometimes like trying to get all of the awesome information of the Brewski 150 out of Brewski because. He is a high-stakes player. He also sells the Brewski 150, which you guys should go check out regardless over on Hoopball. But we got you got to pull it out of him. So this is it's going to be a tough job for you today, but if there's anyone up for the task, it's Bogman. Brewski, a new father, by the way. Oh, so, well, congratulations. Okay, well, he he's going to be, uh, I don't know how much he can have those he uh, should tequila be nights. Sleep, yeah, he should be uh, sleep-deprived, so maybe we can get a little extra out of him this yeah. time. We'll yeah, yeah, see. exactly. A little, little more sensitive, you know, a little life has opened up a little bit. We're like, come on, let's get let's get some nuggets here. It is the final draft weekend, so um, we'll get a maybe a preview. Talk, You can talk about some of the big stuff that's going on. Obviously, the Anthony Davis stuff looks like everything is clean so far, uh, but we'll have to see. You can talk to him on that. So we've got Aaron Bruski coming up, plus we're going to be answering some of your ball bag questions, Bogman and I here, in just a minute. Two things we want to tell you about, though. Number one, the Entry League is still accepting some entries, and uh, hit up Bogman immediately if you're interested in it. We're going to try to put this together. It is the only other league besides the Champs League that we are going to potentially play against people. And uh, we just we have a few more spots we want to get set if we're going to do it. So hit up Bogman on, uh, what, the Gmail? Yeah, Scott Bogman, S-C-O-T-T-B-O-G-M-A-N, Scott Bogman at gmail.com. And yes. hit me up and let me know that you're interested and I'll get you all the necessary information. That's right. I like good stuff. It's entry-based. There's no like cash prize in it, but there's a big-ass ring prize that's on it. So uh, right. you can play against us, nine categories, and it would be so much fun. So a couple more spots for some of you uh, late-entry people that just realized basketball exists. You can hit up Bogman to do that. And as well, our ranks are going to be updated on Friday over on patreon.com slash Army. Our ranks are already available on there. But we're going to um, push an update on the list. And it's a pretty cool list our boy Jesse helped us put together where it's got both of our overalls, 
all the positional, and it even has the tabs. If you go under like point guard, it'll show the average on the overall, the average at the position between us two, and then each individual rank. So you can go in and check that out on each position and overall. If you want to consume that, you can add it to, you know, just a piece of your arsenal. Maybe you got the Brewski 150, maybe whatever you got, you can add that. And all you got to be is a sergeant or above on our Patreon. So patreon.com slash ITL Army, you'll get that. Uh, AMAs, we've got all the secret shows, crap load of content. And even if you wanted to upgrade it a little bit, you can come chat basketball in the group me, uh, in the group me basketball rooms that we've got, plus a ton of others. So there's a bunch of cool prep that's going down in the, in the group me stuff. And we got you set for this final weekend, which I am, I don't even feel prepared, even though we've been talking about it. <laughs> I don't feel prepared because it's like, oh, oh my God, like the season is about to oh start. My oh, oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, it's right on top of us and yeah. it just went by the off season flew by so fast. And I think part of it is because, you know, we did NBA takeaways until r- last month. Yeah, basically. pretty much so, I mean, until like what, June, July. No, I think we did, had an episode into August or something. Yeah, we had a couple in August and then they said, you, you know, we're going to bring it back in October, which we'll see. But, uh, you know, uh, I think we have just been inundated with NBA stuff and, Usually our break between sports just feels longer, you know, because not only we took a break and then FIBA started. So there was basketball action. And now there's all this stuff with Daryl Morey talking about China that's in the news, not just like the basketball news, but the national news as well. So it's like basketball is just everywhere. And then they're like, oh, yeah. And by the way, the season starts tomorrow. So let's go. So which is not actually tomorrow, but on the 22nd. So then then we're going to have uh, yeah, yeah, and then LeBron sticks his foot in his mouth. So, uh, you know, by the way, the uh, big three will be back on the 29th. So very nice. Uh, you know, obviously we're not going to go night one because there's only I think there might be only one game, but uh, there's only a couple games anyway. So we're going to let the season develop for a week before we go. But big three coming back uh, soon as well. So Dan lot Bespr- on yeah, the Dan, horizon. Dan Bespris, Jonas Nader, and Bogman, always a good time, and it's right here on this feed. So. The Tuesday night episode drops here on the In This League Fantasy Basketball feed of the Big Three, and then Bogman and I check back in later in the week. And we've got another one for you this week as well. We'll be dropping a Points League mock draft, so make sure you're locked into that as our final mock draft. We'll be drafting points, talking about the differences on head-to-head categories, where guys have changed. It should be a good, fun time. But let's get into this bad boy because we got a lot. Brewski's coming up here shortly, but Bogman and I, we are here to answer some of your questions for the final prep for the basketball season. So let's go hit the ball bag. ITL. I seem to be dropping all your mail. Ah! I guess I'm a clumsy mailman. Think I got the ball. You're a bad mailman. Ballbag at league.com. That is where you can send emails in because Bogman, you and I will be covering um, we'll be covering the questions this year, and I don't think we finalized exactly when we're going to be doing stuff. But here's what I would tell you. Try to have your questions in by Wednesday morning. That's probably a safe time to get your questions in for the later episode in the week. can be dynasty, can be redraft, it could be based on a player, could be asking us to break down a certain player, could be a player debate, whatever it is. We always open it up to our listeners. Ballbaggingandinthisleague.com. Send those questions in and we will answer them. So what do they got? Hey boys, I'm in a 10-man, 9-cat league drafting 7th. Assuming I get either Jokic or Lillard coming back, would you double up at center with Gobert or point guard with Drew? Thanks, PJ Rat. That's a good question. PJ Rat. Um, I would Drew. I have over Gobert. So 
I would want Drew Holiday, but to what you're getting at, here's an interesting point. Do you go Lillard and Drew and then try to get big men later? Based on what I've seen on big man, I would. I would do that. I'm comfortable yeah. doing that. Yeah, I think that's fine. I, I'm I'm just such a go bear mark. I, I love that dude. Me, that me I, too, dude. I, I would I would love to take him, but I think you're right because we've kind of we've kind of looked and we've seen what happens with uh, point guard later. You know, just everyone comes with some type of condition. I think I probably uh I have them literally right next to each other. I just feel so like you can you can come back and you can get, you know, a Mitchell Robinson or you know, you can piece this together. You can get um you can go and get like a Lamarcus Aldridge and then maybe you get more a more of a traditional uh center later. Maybe you get a Hassan Whiteside or, you know, maybe you get a Steven Adams. Like I feel like you can piece it together because you're so far ahead. I think an ideal situation here is getting Jokic and Drew, though you're still behind the eight ball on blocks, if that's the case. So you're going to have to make them up a little bit later because Jokic just doesn't block. But if I took Lillard and Gobert and Drew are still there, I just wouldn't be able to pass up on Drew. So that's the easy way for me to put that. That's all I have to say Uh, about that. Uh, I think if you're getting... uh, I think I'm okay going point guard, point guard, especially... I think 10-man... Really makes it so you can do anything, but point guard, point guard is best. Oh my god, I didn't realize he said ten man. Yeah, yeah, I'm ten good. man, nine cat. I'm yeah. good, dude. Uh, hey, Bogman and the Welsh, Dang. I'm so excited. The NBA drafts are coming up, and I want to win my leagues right out the gate. Most of my leagues are on ESPN. That's unfortunate. Sorry. ESPN. Uh, e Jeremy Schaap. ESPN. But up until lately, the ranks were not set, so I dra- uh, mock drafted on Yahoo. You know, everyone's talking about. All point guards going early. ESPN solved this problem by ranking them very low, uh, yeah. really low. Well, yeah. Like Kemba is in the 50s and Drew is in the 30s. Their ADP ain't that high as well. Uh, where would you draft these guys in ESPN leagues? It's nine cat leagues. Uh, thank you. You guys rock. Avery, Avery from Israel. And look, I didn't do ranks analysis because it wasn't worth doing this year. No. Um, <clears throat> the ranks are so unbelievably different between ESPN and and Yahoo, it's just not worth comparing the two sites to see I mean, where you're getting deals because you're just getting deals in ESPN. Yeah, it's dumb. The, the the value to have it, had we done it, which we just didn't, would have been to say here are the deals you can get because it's sometimes it's not so much in comparison to each other to be like, well, here's where the guy averages out to just say like, listen, here's the advantage you get, but you've already dictated it that the point guard deals in ESPN are crazy. What I would say is I would still hold to my ranks. I'm not just because yes. ESPN buries Kimba in the 50s and Drew in the 30s. I'm not going to try to get too crazy and think like, oh, I'm going to get a massive value. All it might mean is, and this is how usually these type of formats work for me where a guy is buried, is I'm still going to take him in the range I want him, but I'm now getting him every time at a deal. So like if Drew's in the 30s and I have the second pick in the draft, and let's say I take GA and I'm coming back at pick 20 as a 12 man, I'm, I pick was it, 23, Drew wouldn't be there anywhere else. Drew might be there at right. 23 in ESPN, and I jump right the hell on it. I might come back and take Kimba as well because he's in the 50s and he might not even show up on the draft board. So I'm I'm not going to try to follow ESPN's ranks more as I'm just going to follow my own ranks and I'm going to get the guys that value. So, you know, wh- you want to check out our ranks. You just accept the deals that come to you. Yeah, that's a great way to say it. Accept the deals. You want our ranks, go check them out over on uh, Patreon. But I'm going to take them in the general spot, and I think Kimba and Drew are – 
I mean, somewhere between first and second round picks. So that's where and I'm I believe take they them. bumped up Mitchell Robinson from 102 to like 70 Ooh. something. So uh, skyrocketing, huge value right, moving exactly. up. Dear Professor and Nixon, Professor, everyone's always in favor of saying of saving Hitler's brain, but when you put it in the body of a great white shark, oh, suddenly you've gone too far. <laughs> hey guys, need some auction help here. I'm planning on keeping, and he lists his keepers here, a $200 budget, $100 keeper budget. The bottom four, I'm not sure about. What about you? So the bottom four are uh, PJ Tucker, Manchich, Ariza, and Justice Winslow. The uh, only guy you keep is PJ. No, only guy um, I keep is Justice. I'm not keeping uh, Ariza's 10, Miracich is 10, gone. Tucker's 5, and Winslow's 5. I'm keeping Winslow over Tucker. Easy. Uh, if you, but you can afford to keep both of them. Keep both of them. That's fine. Yeah, because he's got That's okay. Jokic at 28, Abak at 16. I'm not going to do the math here, and if you wanted the math, you should have done it for us because um, I'm not going <laughs> to sit here and do it. So. I think he says he's saying with a $100 keeper budget, he can keep all of these guys. So uh, okay, uh, well, Mirchich and Ariza at ten dollars. I'm not keeping. You don't need to. I still yeah. don't think I'm keeping Tucker at five because I'll get him back at five or less. So I'm not keeping yeah, him. I'm that's keeping fine. Winslow, uh, uh, Ubre's at five, Heald's at ten, Tatum's at fourteen, Trey Young at fifteen, Abak at sixteen, and Jokic at twenty-eight. Easy stuff. Other guys, pfft, who cares? Uh, Nixon says. ITL has been through a lot this year, but have we forgotten what is truly important? The great taste of Charleston Chew. What's next, Barrow? Barrow's, I, like I love his bit. Next. Yeah. Oh, what's next or the bit? <laughs> I, I like the what's next. I like that people recognize what's next. Yeah, well, because um, you say it every time I ever say it, and you get up in yeah, arms and freak out about it. I do. I get up in arms. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing a, a eight-team category head-to-head standard nine cow with two extra category of three-point percentage and oh. double-doubles. I have the sixth pick, which almost guarantees a Jokic pick. My next pick at 11th. Uh, should I go with Kawhi, load management concerns, Kyrie, uh, Paul George risk no. as well, or uh, ever draft for Jimmy Butler? Consider this small, uh, small forward option. It's not great this season. Thanks for the help, boys. David from T- Toronto, and his team name is Kawhi Hates Canadians. Eight well, he got you a championship. Come on. It is funny. When I was looking at this, I'm like, wait, wait, what? How do you have the sixth pick and the 11th pick? Doesn't make sense. Oh, yeah, eight team. Holy crap. <laughs> um, I mean, eight team, all the things we've talked about, they just don't apply the same because you're just going to get all of the good players. I don't right. really like, and if yeah. you have an IL, I'm way more willing just, do you have an IL and how many? Yeah. Because I, I'm more willing to take a risk on a guy like Kawhi. Yeah. Kawhi, uh, it's Kawhi or Kyrie for me. Pete, uh, Jimmy Butler and Paul George are not options for me here at all. So do you think if you have like, standard five-man IL, you take Kawhi and just, uh, you know, I mean, he's he's not even hurt. He's going to no. be starting on, on, you know, just load management stuff. Uh, or, or maybe Paul George, because Paul George finished like four last year. Yeah, I, I'm still not taking Paul George here. I think Kawhi, okay. like I have Kawhi under Kyrie and just normal, like, you know, nine cat, 12 team. But if it's eight teams... Like, I don't have the same, like, I'm not going to get close to a good point guard. Like, you might get Trey Young coming back. Because what the hell is your next pick going to be? Like, pick, uh, I mean, there's in the first, if there's eight teams, your pick first 12. The first 24 <laughs> picks are three rounds. So you're going to have three right. guys inside the top 24. So, I mean, dude, you might get Drew Holiday. You might get Trey Young in the third round. And you compare it with Kawhi 
So that's what I would do. I would take I would take Kawhi, even though I have him a little bit lower in an. Take 18. Kawhi and see if Butler falls back to you, because that's a possibility. One hundred percent will. I'm just saying <clears throat> there might be better guys. There might be you know yeah. you get that point guard because you do need to get that point guard. Yeah, one hundred percent. Hi guys. Funny thing happened today. I noticed that in one of my nine cat leagues, Deadman went undrafted. So I hurried up and picked him up. Dropped Kyle Anderson. Was about to ask your outlook on him and saw. Uh, you had your center podcast out, which was perfect. Like you guys, I really like Deadman. Doesn't hurt you anywhere and helps all around. I'm not sure what his role slash minutes are going to look like in Sacramento. What are your thoughts on him in Sacramento? Uh, has, as always, keep up the good work. Cheers, the Pope. Uh, I mean, I like I like Deadman, and I like him kind of getting out of the weird rotation-y stuff they were doing in Atlanta, you know, because they wanted to get John Collins and more and... I don't know. On occasion, Deadman can be banged up, which is uh, unfortunate. But I think I think him in Sacramento playing next to Bagley, I think it's a nice fit. I, so. I mean, yeah, we, I thought we talked about like I'm I'm in on Deadman. Like, but Deadman's always been a Bogman guy. But I'm anointing him as well. Um, I think he played a game the other day: twenty-one minutes, seven points, eleven rebounds, an assist, two steals, and a block, and even hit a three. This was against the Phoenix Suns in twenty-one minutes. So. I expect him to be the starting center for the season. I would expect him to push decent minutes. I mean, I know they've got some guys, you know, and I know Giles, they're going to want to, you know, get worked in, but I don't see why Deadman's not playing the high 20s into the 30 minutes. And outside of injuries, yeah, man, dude, he's sitting out there and he's undrafted. You pick him the hell up. I'm going to be taking him on the back end of drafts anywhere I possibly can. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you look at this front court, it's him and Bagley and what? Tyler Lydon, Harry Giles. Yeah, Sean well, Holmes. And did, I don't know who else is getting high minutes. Yeah, and, and go back and listen to the center episode too, because we gave him a, a pretty big push. Like I don't think he's he's a no doubt draft guy. Like maybe in an eight team, you know, he goes undrafted. And I don't know. Did Pope say he just said nine category? He didn't say how nine many teams cat. were in it. Yeah. So uh, maybe in a ten team, I can see. But Jesus, anywhere else, especially because the big men start to fall off after into the top fifties. He's one of those high. He's actually a surprisingly high upside guy if he's given the volume with the team. So I'm I'm into Deadman this year. He's a guy I want to draft. I I am too. Uh, hi, Bogman. The Welsh love the show. Thanks for helping us all get prepared for draft day. I find myself wanting to take Mitchell Robinson in the third and sometimes into the second rounds of mocks, uh. but his lack of scoring really ends up hurting me in points category. In the points category, it's not just that he's a low scorer; it's that I have to take him at a spot where everyone else is getting 20 points per game. True. Are we all? Always uh, punting points when we take him. Same question applies to Draymond Green. No. Thanks, Nico. Not remotely close to point punting points. Take um, take a guy like Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins is like you know you take him what post 100, 120 or something like that, and he's all points. You can make do and find point guys later. Lou Williams. You know, he's a, I mean, this is practically a 20, he's a 20, 20 point, yeah, Reddick 20 point point guard that comes off the bench but gets the the points per minute. You can get points later. One guy, one guy who doesn't score points, you can always make do. That's always my argument too. Even if you have one guy with bad free throw, it doesn't mean you're punting free throw, even though Bogman will scream in your face that you are. <laughs> you can make do with one in each spot. But I under, I appreciate what he's talking about because he's saying in that spot in the second or third round, you're getting usually an elite player that puts up a bunch of points. You just have to be prepared later on. I don't want to take Mitchell Robinson in the second. I'm cool in the third range. I'm not quite as high as Bogman, and I am worried that he's just not going to get unleashed this year, and it's another one of those where 
it's like the slow burn of Miles Turner. And I feel like we're in for another one of those years. But there's going to be games where Bogman is going to be living the Mitchell Robinson life to the <laughs> fullest. I would prefer him in the fourth round, but you got to take him in the third, second. I'll pass. Yeah, I, and and that's why I wanted I wanted Welsh to answer this question obviously first because he's not a Robinson guy, and he still will say, "Look, you don't have to pump points if you're taking him that early." So he is a risk, absolutely, but. Like the Welsh said, and the reason you take a guy like Mitchell Robinson that high is because he gets the stats that you can't pick up at the end of the draft. You can't look around at the end of the draft and go, well, I'll just take this guy because he gets blocks because that guy is either not going to play a bunch of minutes or he does literally nothing else. That's why block guys are, you know, blocks and steals guys are harder to come by because they're the lowest stat on the, the totem pole that most people average low numbers in. Points. There's all kinds of guys at the end of the draft that score a ton of points. You know, you give Enos Cantor a little bit more playing time. He scores a ton of points. So it's just uh, it's a replaceable stat. So, yes, I understand you put yourself behind the eight ball, but you're so far up in blocks and everyone else is going to be taking a guy that, you know, he he'll get them blocks, but he'll hurt them in other categories. Like maybe now, you know, you take drum and he gets blocks, but he punts free throws, stuff like that. So um, I just think points are the most replaceable stat that you can have. And uh, well, it's, it's not even a that, question that they're the most replaceable. <clears throat> they're they're a thousand right. percent. They are the most replaceable. So just change your mindset. Don't think, oh, I got Mitchell Robinson. So now points are kind of hard. You just have to like anything. Treat it like your punt if you if you're trying to avoid punting free throw or threes just the minute you get into a person that starts to albatross an area and we're not just talking like you know guy shoots 69% from free throw instead of 78% but like you take right. a guy who shoots 50% and has four game when you draft an albatross at any category you have to work harder to make sure that you don't let it slip away got things like points Points and steals can kind of be ones you follow throughout the draft, but field goal percentage, free throw percentage, I would say assists, turnovers, and I really don't think I put points in there. Those are the ones that you have to be following early on, but if you don't pay attention early on, you're going to get lost, and that's why people want to avoid punting categories or even getting into the albatrosses because they know they have to work harder and things have to fall their way to be able to balance it out. Points is literally, I think, the least that you have to worry about because there are just there are just dudes. You can just make it happen. Yeah. But don't maybe don't go take, you know, Mitchell. I'm trying to I'm trying to think a couple off the top of my head that it's not coming to me. You know, don't take guys. Uh, you know, Rudy Gobert, Mitchell Robinson. You know, give me another, you know, Ricky Rubio, Jeff T. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't take all these guys that have no points because then you are going to fall into that trap. And that's why it can be a little less than ideal because you might have to avoid those players now. Yeah. And you might have to push into some higher scoring guys. If you take, like, like the Welsh said, if you take those guys and plus, you know, you throw Draymond Green in there or something, totally. you are punting points, right? But uh, I, I don't think that if you take Robinson in the second or third or he, he even slips to the fourth, it doesn't mean you're punting points. You're just not. So, it, it, you know, you can take steps to punt points if you wanted to, but just because you take him, like the Welsh said, you know, just pair him with Andrew Wiggins, something like yeah. that, a guy that scores, and uh, it just makes too much sense. Or if you get a high score in the first round and you're parsing it out, you know, like if you take James Harden oh. and then you come back and you take Mitchell Robinson, you're doing, I mean, you're probably averaging, you're in the middle of the pack as far as points go. 
between the two other guys that everybody else just drafted. Yeah, you have, so any, you have an opportunity. Like, you know, your draft could start James Harden, and then coming back in the second <laughs> round, maybe you get Miles Turner, and then you take Mitchell Robinson, and you can say, boy, I'm getting kind of a little behind the eight ball. Uh, you're not so much. I mean, Harden's going. Harden really balances this out. So just you know, get some of your points later. But I just don't don't worry about that category. That's one that you know. There, there's always going to be a couple guys that are going to be through the roof on it. The ones that you really want to focus on, anyways, you want to focus on the stuff and thing spots. You want to focus on um, blocks. You want to focus on steals where you can. Percentages. You know, very easy for teams to only carry one heavy percentage into a league. If you take both field goal and free throw. Get your threes, which you can get later. All of a sudden, you're competing, you know, in rebounds and assists, and you dominate steals and blocks, and you have low turnovers. I mean, this, it's the stuff of wins. So don't worry about points. It's a great question. Don't it's a fantastic worry question. about points. Yes, don't worry. Be happy. <laughs> da, 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 da. Um, Aaron Bruschi is coming on the show. Probably a happy man. Good success over at Hoopball. They're doing great. They've got their awesome draft guide. They've got great people over there, and he's a brand new dad. And I am stepping away because it is going to be just Bogman and Brewski. It's the double B time for your draft prep for this coming weekend. So enjoy. It's Bogman and our boy. And we'll be back with you again next week. So let's go do this. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's in this league. Got what plants crave. It's got electrolytes. What are electrolytes? Do you even know? It's what... They used to make in this league. I'm the smartest guy in the world. Says who? IQ test you took in prison. Brought to you by Carl's Jr. It's time for us to welcome our guest, and it is one of my favorites, Aaron Bruski, the owner and proprietor of hoop-ball.com. And you know, I remember talking to you a while ago, uh, Aaron, and I said, "Is it nerve-wracking to start your own site?" And you were like, "I'm throwing up. I'm super nervous." And now you just had a baby, your father. Congratulations. So more nerve wracking. You tell me which one. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely childbirth. Yeah, like that. I think so. And and I was telling you a little bit offline about about our story. And I'm just thankful that we had this really quick labor because like the idea of waiting for six to eight hours like, oh, man, that's that, that just seems brutal and, and deadly. Um, so, yeah, no, that was more nerve wracking. And um, in case my wife, who's never listened to a single thing I've ever said on a podcast, I don't think she's read an article. <laughs> Hopefully she's not listening. It's it's not really close. You know, yeah. she would even be interested in the comparison. Um, but the, uh, you know, starting the website was actually, man, looking back at it, it was it was pretty it was pretty high up there. You know, yeah. ner- nerve wracking wise, because, you know, you're you're in a comfort zone, you know, you, you're working for a big corporation and, um, you know, it's like, well, what am I going to do with that? You know, that, that that could go any number of ways long term, you know, and, and then the idea of like, oh, I could go out on my own and do this. You know, you kind of think you know what you can do and you've had confidence in doing this kind of stuff in the past. And then um, but you just never know. And so I look back three, four years now later and uh 
it's been quite a ride and, and I'm thankful for everybody at the site. Um, you know, the Dan Bespresses of the world, the pandas of the world that have really leaned into this, the Eric Ongs of the world, you know, that just sort of pushed the, all 50 of us forward and um, made this just this really cool growing website where, you know, it just kind of grows, man. Like we, we've got so many things going on now in DFS. We're, we're, we're getting big there um, with our team coverage which we've been rolling out throughout the years, but this um, upcoming season, we've really got a good infrastructure in place to uh, do some journalism, which is, is a big part of our future. Obviously, fantasy is going off, and um, it's almost like we got to wear name, name tags. I hate to say it. I feel like I, <laughs> I, I want to know every single person at the site, but sometimes like somebody will be doing something, and I'm like, I have no idea who that person is. <laughs> who is this again? Uh, you're you're uh, you're big time. You're you're big time now. And congrats on you know becoming a father. Obviously, uh, that is awesome. So, uh, and I've been trying to wrangle you up for a while, and you've been in baby prep. But now, baby's here. Well, you, We're all set. Well, you've been, Everything's you've been good. wrangling up some Carl's Jr., my friend. That's yeah. all I know. Hey, that's over with. Baseball season is, that, is, is done? over and done with. Yeah, Diamondbacks didn't make the You're not going to connect on. yourself to the Suns in some way? No, <laughs> I'm not a Suns fan anyway. See, and now I need a name tag. You forget who I am. I'm a Rockets fan. I'm originally from Houston. and then Well, give, give us your opinion on China. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me do that. Why don't I do that on a show? Yeah, that's a great idea. What do I look like, LeBron? I say oh. anything. Stick my foot right. I, in my I, can I? I haven't had a chance to have a take on that. I've sure. Been so busy with everything. Like, of course. Did he not sound like a moron talking in that whole thing? Like, what he was he? Th when you make Shannon Sharp look smart, it's bad. Because Shannon Sharp was like, "How are you going to be?" Uh, uninformed and uneducated on something and then complain about someone else being uninformed and uneducated. Come on. It was like, he reminded me of like somebody that like didn't take, it didn't study for the test, but like really, really wants to have an opinion on things no matter what. <laughs> like he was searching and he, he said this like, I don't want to get in a, in a word or a, a sentence thing with Daryl Morey. <laughs> Yeah, it was like a word, a word or a sentence thing. Like, what does that even mean, dude? Like, anyway, LeBron, uh, not not your best moment. Um, and at least, man, Steve, you know, Steve Kerr, who stands up for everything, you know, and, and then they ask him about this. And this is the one he's going to be like, yeah, uh, I don't want to talk about that. So, OK, well. and, you know, the criticisms are fair. And at the same time, like they're really in a rock and a hard place. Yeah, with this stuff. it's tough. Yeah, like, I mean. They're making a lot of money. They're going to lose a ton of money. Yeah. They're going to lose a ton of money on this. And I, my philosophy is very simple, and it will always be this. So you guys can hit old takes exposed and you know, check 10 years from now. You just don't get involved with money you don't want to be involved with. Like yeah. it's – it just – that's the way. I mean if you don't want to have that kind of conflict of interest and in all of the different considerations that you, know, you have if you're going to do business with China, just don't do it. Yeah, no, but I know I, mean, I know money makes the world go round, but you just don't do it. So anyway, that's my rant for the day. Yeah, I mean it's been it's it it's funny that the off the court stuff has been playing bigger in the preseason than the on the court product. It's just mm. it's kind of nuts that 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 obviously it's a huge you know impact. Well, it's going to impact but, your team. It's going to impact your Rockets. Yeah, like, it is. I, I mean, mean, like Daryl Morey, does he have legs? Who has issued a more consequential tweet? 
I can't think of, you know, outside of maybe the president, you know, saying things <laughs> and most of the stuff is just his rhetoric. So uh, well, even I don't then, know. Like, does anybody even like like the, no, the people have seen so many tweets from the president? They're like, yeah, serious. whatever. Yeah, it's he's right. like the boy like, cried wolf. Th- right. Like this one, like the minute that went out, I remember thinking, oh, that's bad. Well, you know, they like, were talking about t- firing him like Tillman was said, well, we're not a political franchise. And it's like, well, you better have a different thing to say than that because you just became a political franchise yeah, they, i mean it's been a series of missteps at every level of almost every nba person that's handled it and it's crazy because entering this season as you were alluding to it was one of the most exciting off seasons that that we've had in some time and then um heading into the season you have so many teams that are in it that you would think this would be just this kind of glorious nba push and and i don't think things are bad by any means but like That storyline has dominated everything. It really has. And we had, uh, I, you know, getting into real basketball here, we had an injury and fake basketball, real, real fake (laughs) basketball. Of course. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Come on. Real fake basketball. We had an injury that kind of (gasps) went because 80, I mean, anytime 80 leaves, you know, you just start thinking about how good is he going to look in a suit on that sideline for a couple games? Because, (laughs) That's what we're used to seeing is AD in a suit on the sideline. And uh, the thumb injury, even though they're saying the MRI came back clean and he was taking shots at practice and he may even want to play in a preseason game, first of all, there's no way in hell the Lakers let him play in any more preseason games. That's over with. It's just not going to happen, I don't think. Maybe I'm being crazy here. But uh, does, that, does this need to knock him down boards or – did the just the threat of this kind of remind us of the injury history of Anthony Davis? And I mean, he was just kind of the clear cut number one overall in most cases. And now it kind of seems like people are waffling. So what do you think about this AD uh, thumb injury and does it impact his status at all for you? So a couple things with AD and it's interesting. He's not the only one in this situation. When you have the expectations that you create, by doing what he did last year, forcing his way to Los Angeles, the whole I'm not going to play games thing, it, it it's a little bit harder to do. You know, Kawhi Leonard has the same thing going on with the Clippers. Like you basically cost five draft picks. You know, you you moved every, all the chess pieces around. You were the he was the man all summer. And you can't go then and then be like, ah, I'm going to take 20 games off, you know, because people are going to get upset. <laughs> And so I think there's a little built-in cushion for these guys, AD included, where smaller injuries are not going to be this, I'm going to take a trip to the locker room, I'll come back in the third, fourth, fourth quarter and come back and play again, or I might take more time off than I would otherwise. So I didn't move him down at all. Um, I wanted to wait and see if there was something substantial with it. If it wasn't going to be something that cost him multiple weeks, you know, there wasn't going to be much movement, if any. Um, there, you know, an eight-cat you know, I'll give guys a, a little bit of uh, free stuff here, although you guys probably will pull some free stuff out of me anyway. Um, <laughs> I didn't have him as the um, the prohibitive number one, and, and I don't even have him as the number one. So it's a little bit more bunched up in eight cat, whereas in nine cat, he's got such a value proposition that, you know, he, he does have that distance from the other players. But um, moving him down was never something that crossed my mind. And um you know, it's it's kind of part and parcel what what owning him is all about. It's just the same thing every year. You just gotta 
you know, invest in whatever your, your drink of choice is or some Maalox or whatever it's going to be. Cause you're going <laughs> to, he's going to do this all year. He will go to the bathroom. And I really think that's what it is. He, he just, he's like the girl in the Humira commercial. She, she's always <laughs> going to the bathroom until she takes Humira and then she's back again and the band can survive. You know, I think that's him. Maybe he just needs some Humira. As long as he's Humira. not in the bathtubs with the herpes commercials, <laughs> you know, that, that's all that matters. Uh, so, okay. So I tell you that Anthony Davis is going to play 70 games this year. Your confidence level on it, that is what out of 10? I'll give it a seven. Seven? And, and th- this was, this was one of the things that, that helped the year before last was he had never, cl- he had never gone over that number. Right. And, and it was, it was to me, it was what, what NBA player of his stature was going to never play more than 70 games. And so we won on that. Um, and I, and I think it's this, I, I probably feel more comfortable making that bet this year. And another thing, he wants to play on the perimeter more. And I think that will help with his longevity. So uh, a little less banging around. He's going to play power forward. You know, they've got two big centers to do all the heavy lifting down there. Um, yeah, I'm, I'll go seven. I might even go eight on that, but I'll go, I'll stick with seven. I, I, I understand. I understand the confidence because the games he missed last year were more because they didn't want to play him because they were getting ready to trade him. You know, it wasn't really injury stuff. It was, yeah, you know, well, he doesn't want to play anymore. So we're going to sit him down and he missed a bunch of games at the end and all that stuff. So I, I, I understand it. I just like, this gives me gray hairs. You know, seeing oh thumb injury because initially they just said he's out a month. And I was like, oh Christ, here we go. We're starting with this already, and we're not. You know, the the MRI came back clean, and he was taking shots. And I mean, I still don't think he's going to play in any more uh, preseason games, but we'll see. Maybe he does. I don't know. Um, but I just I don't I I feel I feel like I just have to move him down in nine cat head to head, which is you know the rankings that Welsh and I do. I think I'm just gonna bump him down to below cat. I, I think that's where I have to have him because he just mm. makes me too nervous. So, uh, well, it's, it's the, and it's really the tale of two picks right there. Cat is going to get the car keys for the entire franchise. And he's been healthy. Yeah. You know, he's missed his entire one career. game, right? Or one or two it's, games. It's their complete opposites. And, uh, it's an interesting, you know, choice. So you're going to take the, and this is where I, this would be the difference between me and a Dan Bespers is I'm always going for that upside. The, and, uh, you could cruise with, with cat for the most part and not worry about it. The, the trouble just finds him. I remember Anthony Davis slipping on a mop that an idiot left below the, uh, <laughs> You know the 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 basket. I was like, how? Why is a mop there anyway? Why is there a mop there for him to slip on? It doesn't make like, but it finds him. So I don't know. Well, then there's the drama in L.A. You know, you know there's going to be drama at some point in time. Maybe when they change coaches. You know, maybe when something's not going right and LeBron wants to blame somebody. You know, there's <laughs> blame Daryl Morey. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Like literally everything he said in, in that little thing was like a contradiction of just pure common sense. Ugh, yeah. Well, let's give him his own show. Uh, what? <laughs> let me ask you. So, I mean, what rotation has changed the most because of preseason performances, in your opinion? And I know, uh, you know, you are you are the guy to watch every single thing and read every blurb and all that stuff. I don't know how caught up you are because of 
you know, baby brewski. But uh, in your opinion, in the preseason, from the things that you've seen, is there someone where you see and you go, well, that guy's got to play or this guy can't play anymore or whatever it is? What what has changed the most because of preseason performances to you? Or maybe it's just even an opinion on a player. Well, so I'm about eight hours behind. So for whatever that's worth, um, okay. and I actually got another bigger update coming to the Brewski 150 projections, all that good Ooh. stuff. Um, so I like to kind of bunch it all. I'll probably do it all tonight. Um, but the uh, it's it's funny. I, I I know this sounds like I'm tooting my own horn, which I am. But like it feels like everything, all the preseason expectations have played out kind of pisses me off a little bit i wish that there was more ambiguity <laughs> to it all like you know like why can't you be surprising it. nba i already know everything this is boring ah it's well in especially for a season that you know there are so many freaking variables like the projections were actually so much fun because you knew that there was going to be a ton of different information out there amongst the different sites they were really tough projections whereas last year they were easy and I was, I was doing them, I was like, man, you could almost just go with like a basic approach of just taking average numbers and just sort of dividing them by whatever. And, and you would get pretty close and, and, and not using any sort of proprietary information anyway. So looking at the news that we're getting this year, a lot of it is just kind of for fantasy wastelands. Like everything's panning out. I think the ones that stand out to me that maybe aren't as newsy is like, like the the Lakers, the the Knicks, you know, those are teams with tons of players that are, you know, crowded in the rotation. And hell, in New York, you got David Fisdale, who's turning <laughs> into like Jason Kidd on steroids oh, with, man. with the <laughs> with the rotations. Like I can see anything happening in New York, like anything. Like Mitchell Robinson, point guard? No, 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 no. I've, <laughs> I've invested way too much in Mitchell Robinson, especially, you know, less on my teams and more on my mouth. You know what I mean? So uh, <laughs> I, I need to uh, – uh, we need Mitchell Robinson. Just uh, All well, I need is 25 minutes. Just give me 25 minutes of Mitch Rob. You know, game, what I think I'm will be worried fine. about with him is he might have figured out that he can't go for every block. Like, it just sounds like they've talked with them like, hey, can't go for every block. You got to, like, kind of do some other stuff here, which is funny because he also rebounds pretty well. Um, so he's doing both things well. Um, but staying on the floor, not getting into foul trouble, not pissing off his coach, who's going to yank, I think, everybody around. And, and especially as the veterans, you know, the Marcus Morris's you know, want their minutes. And, and I th but I'll say this. I'm pretty high. On Mitchell Robinson, I think I might be a little higher than most in general. Um, and uh, the the um, you know to spin back to your your original question, like I think we're seeing like in Charlotte, I think you're seeing some of the preseason stuff, like the Dwayne Bacon's and um, the Miles Bridges of the world, as well as in coordination with the veterans, not really showing up and be like, no, I don't want this guy to take my job. <laughs> Those guys are moving in and, and essentially getting starters minutes, I think, right from the jump. Now, whether or not that's going to equate to a ton of fantasy value is another question. Um, in Golden State, you're seeing, like, what do you do when you have no players? So, um, <laughs> you know, Alfonso McKinney was the guy. And, and then, then it was for a small moment, it was Jordan Poole might actually play small forward minutes. And then it's Glenn Robinson, 
would play some small forward minutes. So you don't kind of know what's going on there. Amari Spellman's gotten a chance. He hasn't done anything with it. Um, <laughs> can we be guy, done with Amari Spellman? Come on. We can be done. Uh, you know, there, every year that guy's going to get a lost 30 pounds story written about him. <laughs> and and, and, and they will, there will not be the corresponding gain. I would love it if there would be a story. Amari Spellman gained 30 pounds. You know, just a ton of ice cream <laughs> this guy has been eating. And he can't get enough of it. You know, it's never going to work out like that. Um, but so these these places, um, Miami, you know, you're, you're seeing James Johnson's been basically kicked out. Um, I think they're trying to figure out what they want to do with Dion Waiters. And they got these young players that they want to play. Derek Jones Jr., Tyler Hero. Um, but there's, there's not consequential information like Washington, for example. I don't think they know who's going to be their small forward this year, like at all. You know, they're they're they're, they're just sort of rifling through guys that almost aren't on the roster right now to see who's going to, at least for the beginning of the season, take the mantle there. So, but again, like none of them are going to have tremendous fantasy value. So I just think it's been a very weird preseason where you've got a big, big player movement from over the summer. You would think that would equate to lots of fireworks, but um, I've had not as much movement on the Brewski 150 this year as, as I've had in past years. So more than anything, it's, you know, it's the fact that some of the rotations still haven't been decided when we're this late in the game that is surprising more than anything. Is that it's, right? I, I think it's what's surprising is probably I, I don't know that anything's surprising. Actually, I, what what I've gotten a lot of is confirmations of what I had previously thought. And that okay. to me is great. Like that means we're on point um, and it means we can get aggressive and that's actually in this next update. I'm, I'm going to be getting pretty aggressive on, on some guys and, and, and that, you know, there's already separation between the B one fifty ranks and what you see out there in the industry. Uh, there's going to be even more separation. Is it, is it me or is the industry a little bit crazy this year? Like, I feel like there's just weird rankings all over the place. And I mean, you know, mine on Mitchell Robinson obviously is one, but, uh, I like you just go and you, have you looked at the rankings on ESPN? I don't know what's up with them. They're, they're insane. I, I mean, their ADPs are just like, wow. Well, it's because like, they're I, rankings. Like, they've got Kemba in the 50s. Yep. yep. Why, That's, though? It, it, well, in they they out it's funny. I got mad at ESPN one night, and because <laughs> I'm like, of course, like one of the like five people in America that would do this or the world, and like their just site is so trash. Like they 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 had a decent site and they moved to this new thing, and it's just trash. And sorry, ESPN, you know, and the people that I like that work there. Sorry to you too. Sorry to everybody. Sorry, Planet Earth. But like the they. Like they create this crappy website, and then I was like, "How the hell did this happen?" So I found some Reddit thread, and they were like, "She did it." <laughs> it was this web developer from Disney that <laughs> was like in charge of the redesign, and I'm just sitting there going, "This makes perfect sense." Like, there's no fantasy credentials. There's no like, "I love fantasy, and this is what I do." No, it was just like like they probably turned and handed it to somebody at Disney and said, "Make a fantasy football website or make a fantasy basketball website," and. Here we are. And so the ranks, I don't know who's doing the ranks, you know, and yeah. that's because the ranks really, they, they, they mess with ADPs because either people get auto drafted or, you know, people look at the ranks and they form their opinions off that. But it's crazy. Um, I've kind of disregarded those ranks and ADPs um, Smart. trending more towards stuff that, that you're seeing at places like fan tracks. 
um, you know, basketball monster, you know, there's, there's good info there. And, uh, CBS is has got a weird little model, so I don't really pay attention to their stuff. Yahoo's is, is pretty good. The ADPs, um, it yeah, seem no, more I'm, rational. Like I know that the positional stuff for Yahoo and every sport is kind of crazy. Just everybody gets everything, but uh, but their their ADPs and all that stuff at least seem rational. And Fantrax is just like Fantrax doesn't really have ranks; they just have ADPs, and it's just people yeah. drafting. You know the way that they normally would is what impacts their stuff. So I think that makes I noticed sense. a little bit more experienced players yes. over there. Yeah, um, I mean, so that Fantrax is basically for dynasty stuff. For it was for dynasty stuff for a long time. So you have the deeper, like I can't look at Fantrax stuff and go by ownership percentage because there's such deeper leagues there that. Mm-hmm most guys are going to be over 50% owned. So like when I'm doing that on, you know, my ITL stuff, I always go with the Yahoo ownership percentages because the, you know, the they're smaller leagues. They're uh 12 man leagues with 13 man rosters instead of, you know, 15 man rosters with 20 man uh tw- 20 deep leagues. So uh I always have to go that way for any sport cuz, you know, like you said, more experience and also a lot of dynasty stuff. Uh, what information do you think, Brewski, people are seeing and it's going in one ear and out the other as far as pretty much anything in the preseason? It could be injury timelines, uh, a comment a coach made, minute projections, whatever important information that you see that no one is kind of taking into account or not enough people are taking it into account. The biggest thing that I see is a lack of film. That's, that's really the, the biggest problem that's out there is even the writers themselves, like the Kings, for example, they weren't on TV when they played Phoenix the other night and they weren't on TV. I don't think last night when they played the jazz, I'd have to double check that. Um, so like you're not getting these feeds. There's no like league pass for preseason. Um, and it's really important. Like you're going to get a, you're going to get all these stat lines that kind of mean nothing. It just depends on the game itself. Like, go back to the Kings. They played the Pacers for the first game in India that those two teams played that game. Like it was a real important game. It was a fun to watch the next game. Terrible. Like you shouldn't take one piece of information from that game and, <laughs> and use it at all whatsoever. Right. And so you are really missing the context on this stuff. You know, there was a couple plays that like DeMontis Sabonis made in that first game that I saw. And I was like, Holy moly, like he's here to play. Like, like he's going to be way better than everybody thinks that he's going to be. Um, now, how much does that move him up in relation to where he's being drafted? Probably about a round or two, you know, um, right. where, where he'll finish. Um, so it's not like a huge nugget, but um, I think that's the biggest thing is is really getting those individualized snapshots of what is important. Does a player have explosion? Do they not? You know, are they? Where, what does that fit? You know, into their overall puzzle. As a guy that's known for being, you know, slow in season, a couple of things I noticed, you know, right off the top, your Rockets, man, they want to run this year. Yeah. So all of your Rockets are now more valuable based on that one thing. Looks extremely pissed off. <laughs> like he was in Hawaii of all places, like gutting out a fourth quarter in a meaningless preseason game. Mostly just because I think he was pissed off about <laughs> everything that's happened to date. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
I mean, you know, it's like, where do you get that in a box score? You know, yeah. you might get it in a tweet from a writer that doesn't care, you know, about the fantasy angle of right, it. Right, right. So um, those are the things. Um, and then you've got your classic sort of misdirection stuff, injury news that, you know, let's go to Jonas, Jonas Valanciunas, you know, like when that came out, it was, you know, to me, it was like a, a wait and see. You know, I was looking at drafts I was in and I was like, can can I get Jonas now, you know, at a discount here? Because, you know, this kind of stuff happens all the time in the preseason. So it's it's the man. I love these two weeks. It really is about <laughs> how much film can you consume? How much info can you get? And, uh, you know, can you make sure it's actionable is the other thing. Uh, all right. So now we're going to we're going to climb into stuff where I try to to pull things out of you here. So. Just, I wanna, be, just be gentle. Fox. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm not going to, you know, <laughs> never mind. I can't make that joke. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> who's the most it's a family podcast? That's right. That's right. I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I'm thinking of a line from me, myself and Irene. So if you know that movie, you know what I was about it, to it's say. It's a target rich environment in that movie. <laughs> I want to know who is the most overdrafted early round player, like the top three rounds. The guy that uh, is dropping in the Brewski 150 a little bit uh, because you think, what the hell are people doing taking X at X, whoever that is, in whatever round? Who is the most overdrafted guy early? You know, I'm not I'm not I think there's a lot of properly rated players in the first kind of three rounds. Um, I'm not seeing the chaos that you've seen in, in other years, but um, the one that I kind of lost on last year, but I don't feel like it was too bad of a loss because I feel like the, the the prediction sort of is panning out, and that's Rudy Gobert. He, um, he just is going to get slow to the point. He's not like Roy Hibbert was, you know, many years oh. ago, but yeah, I know. <laughs> God. <laughs> like, with all due respect, here I'm going to slam you now. Um, he He's going to get slow. And it's already happening. And so when you're a big man whose game is predicated on all the defensive stuff and, you know, now teams are starting to seek you out in the pick and roll and, and have their way with you, where do you get, A, the big minutes? Your block numbers are going to go down. And, and that's where the bulk of your value is. So when you get that kind of erosion, and it's not like he's an injury-free guy. You know, he's had several knee injuries. He's on a stacked team. No, no, no they don't really have tremendous backup solutions there. Though you could play Jeff Green in a pinch, it's I think it's Rudy Gobert, and you know he's going in that second round area. That's you know to me there's innumerable other options that you could spend your money on. All right, well I mean look, that's huge. You know I'm uh, I got Rudy Gobert uh, in my keeper <laughs> league, so <laughs> well you I, need to trade him. I got well, yeah that, apparently uh, well the value is high. I mean he's still going to be a good player. It's it's just. You know, he's the guy that like big men, their values can drop so fast, you know, That's just give true. them like a third of a block less per game. And and you're looking at like two to three rounds of value swing there. And they just break down so much faster than than the, other, you know, the smaller positions and stuff like that. It's just always it's always been that way. I mean, you know, we saw Greg Oden go from probably top five best player on the planet to, you know, why is he even in the NBA in like a season and a half? So you know, that was and that was from college going into the pros. So I have a feeling that 30 30 on that guy is going to be great. It is. It's going to be, uh, you know, why did they make those uh, those Easter Island 
things of him. Just amazing. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, uh, is it? Is there? <laughs> Sorry, I thought I could slip that one past you. I didn't get it past you there. It uh, was there anybody else that was going, in your opinion, too high, or do you think? he's the one that really sticks out like a sore thumb, Rudy Gobert. And, and like you said, you know, maybe it's not all going to collapse this year, but it's time to start, you know, looking at it. You know, if you he know, slips a little bit the, this year, if he, you know, all that stuff. So it's kind of like everybody is going like two slots too high, three slots too high, four slots too high. So like LeBron's going earlier than he should Westbrook, depending on the format, you know, is is sometimes going in that old premium range. You get some drafter who hasn't drafted in a couple of years and they're like, oh, yeah, he's a top five guy. So they draft him at six or seven. Um, Bradley Beal's going, I think, a little too early for a guy that has. Yeah, he's got that gusto. He wants to play. Scott Brooks is the coach that's going to let him play. But I mean, when they're tanking and he's either in trade talks or whatever the case may be, like, really, is he going to gut out something in, in the last third of the season? That's a question there. And do they want him to, you know, I mean, are, are they yeah, like play him fewer I, minutes or something like that? Sure. I mean, he could. But then on the other hand, they are talking about him, like averaging a triple double and all that, which given their roster, I mean, maybe yeah, <laughs> Who there's knows? no way that's a play to sell seats. So, yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially those guys. Um, and so you got a lot of that going on, you know, I think like all the way down the list, you're seeing Kemba, Jimmy, Devin Booker. I'm just looking at the list right now. You know, they're all going about three slots too high. In my opinion, Kyrie Irving, you know, going too high. Trey Young might be another one. That's, so are these- I saw him go in the first round in a draft today. That was weird. Uh, who was it? Kyrie? <laughs> Now, Trey. Oh, Trey, Trey um, went in the first round. I didn't yeah. say I've seen Kyrie go in the first round a ton, you know, always at the end, but uh, I haven't seen Trey go that high. Um, that's um, so do you think these guys are because I agree with you, they seem a little bit high, but it also seems like there's no one else after the top seven, like how you can. And I've asked this to everyone. I was trying to avoid this question, but. Uh, who's the back end of the first round? I mean, it seems like these uh, guys are the guys, but um, it's just put together very strangely. Like, are we it, just it, missing it, four it, guys? Is that what it is, pretty much? Uh, the tiering is, you know, after that seventh pick, it's a fall off where, right. where you're basically dealing with the risk of Kawhi Leonard. You know, you're dealing with the risk of Joel Embiid. And I think that's where the competitive, well, maybe not so much Kawhi, I, Kawhi is sliding, man, and it's interesting. And it, back to my earlier comments, like there's a lot of pressure on him to play. I think um, you don't have Paul George for a, a little bit of a stretch. That I don't think that's going to matter too much with this team as far as you know usage and how it gets distributed. But like I'm seeing competitive players say, you know what? If I'm going to take, I'm, I'm going to be stuck in these slots. I'm going to take the biggest upside guy I can. So they're, they're going with Joel Embiid as, right. as, as that number eight pick, which is like terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not a bad pick because he's great, but it's like, you know, are you going to get more than 65 games out of him? And that's a oh. huge question. So it, he know. wants to play, but maybe maybe the organization's putting on some some big yeah. boy pants and can tell him what to do. Right. But yeah, you're right. It's it's a big old gap there in the second and third rounds, which I'm actually cool with. Um, where you get the real values though is is right after those third rounds. It's all it's all open. They're just like pick after pick after pick after pick that that are just there. And and so it's it's been fun after round three. 
Can you give us? I mean, I didn't put this on the sheet. We give us one of those post round three guys that's going, uh, you know, a little <laughs> bit too low. Maybe that's on the, you know, you don't have to yeah, give I, them all to I, us. I'll give, give you, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you one that's not really gonna, you know, tell you anything. But okay. the guy that's the most interesting player, I think, in the early rounds of this draft is Chris Paul. Okay. Like, here, this is a guy I can't. I don't. Like, people talk about him being traded, tradable. I don't think he's tradable. How do you take that contract on? Well, you know, if you're another and it's team. only Miami. Like, and are they going to bid against themselves? And Oklahoma City is just not going to give them up unless they get what they want. So it kind of seems like it's the Heat or nobody, and the Heat aren't offering anything because they're not going to bid against themselves. And right? even so, it's like, what are you? So okay, maybe you might do that, but does Jimmy Butler want that? Maybe not. Right. You know, do you you're going to bring in a piece like that to kind of reorganize your entire team, and at that cost, it's it's some to, to me. It seems like this is a year that Chris Paul plays to kind of prove to the rest of the league that he can stay healthy and that he can still play at a high level. So I kind of think you know he's going to maybe not play quite as hard as he would normally play to try to stay healthy. You know, maybe some 28 minute nights here, some. You know, keep that MPG nice and low, take some planned, you know, load management games. But like there's nobody on the roster for one. And so he's just going to eat whatever he wants to eat. And we know from just the bulk of his time in the NBA, he's going to be valuable. So that pick is coming in the third round for everybody. Like he's not going in the second. He's probably not going in the fourth. So every owner is going to have a chance to look at that pick and go, hmm, if it works, I'm getting a first rounder. If it doesn't, obviously, that's the downside. Um, but the upside is just so tremendous there. And so I, I had a draft just um, yesterday where I, I had this really good start. And I was like, OK, I got to beat a couple hundred people to win this thing. <laughs> so I might as well just go for it. All right. And so I, I went for Chris Paul. And um, I don't know that I would do it again because, I, I mean, if, it, if I'm playing in a 12-team league, I've got a great start. I'm going, Ben Simmons is sitting right there, and he's young. You know, yeah, he's got his weird issues, but he's probably not going to be terrible oh, for that shooting price. shooting threes now. He's amazing. Everything's covered, of course, now, right? <laughs> he's going to start yeah, shooting I mean, threes and making free throws. So, yeah, he's, he's a stop first round. Kardashian. Come on. I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's all going to work out for him. And in fact, that's the piece of intel I need on both him and Tristan Thompson. Are you dating a Kardashian still? I wanna, if, if yes, then no. <laughs> see, just give me a shot of one of those Kardashians, and we'll see if my luck changes at all. That's what that's what we need. So. It's not a good luck thing, man. <laughs> I, I don't care. It's, <laughs> it doesn't make you'll, any difference to me. Get, you'll make it work? Yeah, yeah. Get, get, let's just give me one. Let, let's see how it works. That's all I want. Um <laughs> The E true Hollywood Bogman story. That's right. And well, yeah, yeah. Like, so I married this fat pig for whatever reason to change my image and his luck turned around. It was good luck then. So I dumped him and started going after more NBA players. What about at the end of the draft? Who is like, if you're going to give us one, who is like the brewski guy that you take at the end of the draft because everyone has passed him and you know, that this guy is going to offer you some awesome upside at the very end. Yeah, I feel like this one's going to be obvious to anybody that already follows me on Twitter, and and it's going to be Rashawn Holmes, and it's going to still be there for you guys. Like, there's 
you know, heaven forbid Harry Giles gets back on the court. Heaven forbid <laughs> that the the team says, oh, yeah, we got Dwayne Dedman's our starter. You know, they telegraph that, you know, that that will more than keep this available for you guys. Um, he <laughs> has already and I prepped the local media for this and I prepped the team and I just did a podcast with Damien who does our, our hoopball Kings podcast, local media guy. He's great. He, uh, you know, is talking about the victory lap that I'm taking right now on your show. Um, I prepped these guys for this and I'm pretty sure, I mean, they never, ever find the Rashawn Holmes in Sacramento, like ever. There's always three of them in free agency. They never find the Rashawn Holmes. I'm pretty sure somebody took my tweets to Vlade and said, Listen to this guy for once, and here is Rashawn Holmes <laughs> for the kicks. So they they um, they did it, and he's on the court, and the, the media has been prepped. I prepped them all, and they're all kind of circling the wagons now because he is just destroying everybody. He's he's defensively just everything that we've said he is, and then offensively he's doing everything that we've said he's going to do. And so the question becomes like, can you take him off the floor if you're Sacramento? And the way he stands out on film right now, I don't think they can. So he might start in a, in a hole, you know, playing something like 16 to 18 minutes per game. But it's going to be so abundantly clear, no matter what combination of things happen, if they give Harry Giles minutes, if they give Nemanja Bielitsa minutes, if they give Dwayne Dedman the starting job and kind of give him these 24, 25 minutes and then let everybody else eat after that, like – it will become abundantly clear that Rashawn Holmes is better than all of them and that they run extremely well with him on the floor. So it might be hectic for the first couple weeks, but he only needs about 18 to 20 minutes per game to have fantasy value. If he gets over that, then it's obviously gravy. He can be a mid-rounder. Um, I have this feeling that they're going to realize that it's going to click. And so it'll just be a question, can you survive the first three, four weeks if they don't figure it out, which Sacramento tends to, to not figure things out pretty quickly. But So that's – okay. I mean, you got it. That, that is my holdup on a Rashawn Holmes is, you know, you take, you take a guy that's been kicked around the league already and you give him to a team that kicks around their players. It doesn't seem like it's a very good – fit you know what i mean it's almost like the blind leading the blind here there's okay so that's that's my fear okay as well all right and i think that's the fear of the holmes family you know <laughs> all of us in camp holmes we fear this I, i'm in um, camp deadman no, because i can't trust anything that the kings well, do there's I, two things that should give you hope if you're a holmes fan or fanatic the first is that the kings were the only team that was smart enough to get this figured out that's true. I mean, like, okay. I mean, that's that's a piece of logic here that I mean, whether or not they listen to me or not, I I, I think we all know that they did. <laughs> the GM of it's, the it's we're, we're on with the GM hey, of the Kings, Aaron hey, Bruski here. When when um when when he's getting like you know defensive team recognition in the next one to two seasons here, and I kind of think he'll tail off after that, so it's not all good for him. But the um. <laughs> it's going to get so much worse for everybody around me. <laughs> it's going to be, I'm, I'll try to keep it. I'll try to reel it in. But um, the, the, the thing here, so one, they figured it out when, no, when nobody else did. And so that gives you hope that they can figure this out. Um, the other thing that I thought was interesting is buddy healed said something just sort of offhand in like, you know, the, the buried in the bottom of, of the internet news cycle. Um, he's like, yeah, we were looking for him. You know, because we thought he would be a huge difference maker for our team. And 
it was like, oh, it's like um, Chris Farley in, in, in Wayne's World. That's a really useful piece of information. You know, like they had actually sort of seen that he because he and, and I've said this as many times on Twitter. He's like the perfect piece for that Kings team. They need a, a low usage guy that can set screens that can roll to the rim, give you a vertical presence, defend at a high level. And I mean, he checks all those boxes and it's almost like they knew that he would be the perfect piece as well. I'm not saying they did or that they follow my Twitter feed and listen to me, but it (laughs) feels like they did for once. And it's great. (laughs) All right. uh, Now that we've got your victory lap out of the way, but which I love, by the way, that's you're inviting me back on the show, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. Are you kidding me? If Rashawn Holmes, uh, works out, then I feel like we need need to have you on every day. This is ridiculous. If Rashawn Holmes finally finds a home and is good to go, then let let's go. Um, but who is who's a guy that's going undrafted, and you feel like is going to be one of the best pickups? A guy that no one kind of recognizes, and you're not drafting because maybe he doesn't have the minutes or he doesn't have the time, but either he's going to earn the trust of the coaches. And um, or he's he needs to wait for an injury and then he's going to go crazy. You have anyone like that off the top of your head? You know, normally I would just hang on to this because it's gold. You know, we got a couple deep league drafts and industry drafts doing 30 deep um, here this week where all these guys come into play. And um, but, you know, you guys have been good to us at ITL. (laughs) We, We 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 really like ITL, just the whole concept. You guys. And your listeners, your readers, you know, we, we've got a Sorio. We, we only endorse good stuff. Yeah. Sorio's Sorio's good people. He's one of our favorites over here. He's got a great Twitter handle, Sass Clown. It, <laughs> you know, it just fits. Um, so I'll give you some some good stuff here. Um, so there are a couple players really deep on my lists, but like they fit what you're saying. One I'll, I'll go with the guy who's probably not as exciting. That's Edmund Sumner. He's buried in Indiana. He's he's pushing those guys for minutes, though, because he's defensively really good. And offensively, he showed up with a really good jump shot. So he's good enough to play. If there was any other team in the league that wasn't as stacked at those positions, I mean, he would get minutes no matter what. So he's got a good stat set. He's he's got talent. He would need a couple breaks. So uh, just remember that. That's deep. That's a deep okay. league guy because there's there's so many guys in Indy that are going to get minutes. But he's just just know that that guy's got the talent. The guy that's really exciting is Matisse Tybel. If I'm ah. pronouncing his name right, yeah, I don't watch yeah. a ton of college ball. Um, whoa, man, this guy can defend, and, and he's he's a stat machine. And they don't have any depth in Philly. So theoretically, he could come in and get 15 to 20 minutes right off the jump, and that might actually make him relevant. Um, They have a great starting crew there, obviously. So aside from the rookie blues, you know, and, and, you know, maybe they want to play James Ennis. I don't know how fat James Ennis is right now. (laughs) 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 He, He went from a very athletic small forward to a really pudgy power forward um so but like you know one injury say to like josh richardson wow yeah he would he would jump in at 25 minutes per game and he would be getting you probably if i had to guess you know three combined steals and blocks i can't remember if it was thigh but i remember the 
and I, I think it was, but I remember the Sixers just that they interviewed him like six or seven times. And it was like, well, can you choreograph this a little bit more? Like we all know you're taking that guy. And uh, it's just not surprising to see him already have success, uh, you know, with Philly. So uh, kind of surprising. Well, I mean, that's all the questions I have for you. So uh, we're good there. I'm not going to try to pull out any more information. But if people want more information, where can we go get the Aaron Bruski 150? So uh, on our website, hoop-ball.com, just mouse over the premium button and you'll see a couple of things. You'll see a, um, a preview of our draft guide, which, by the way, if you like the Brewski 150, I put about 400 hours of research into it every year. Yeah, yeah it's a ton. And my wife hates me, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the uh, aside from that. Like well, there were probably, I think there's a hundred thousand words of analysis in there, and um, the player profiles alone are, are worth the price of admission. Uh, written by Mike Pasador, who might be the most talented young writer on the internet today when it comes to pure basketball writing. So think like Rob Mahoney of Sports Illustrated. I've worked with Rob in the past, so I, I kind of know where Rob was at when he first got started in the industry over at Pro Basketball Talk. And Panda reminds me of him. So he wrote all these player previews, and they're just so locked in. I mean, you got full injury histories for their entire career, detailed analysis, not like maybe you should draft this guy. It's like where you should draft this guy, how you should draft this guy. So those are great. All the articles that all of our guys have contributed are great. So you can mouse over premium and get a preview of what's in the draft guide. You can also look at the results from last year's Brewski 150 where we go head to head against a very big website that I may or may not used to have written for <laughs> and compare how we do. And we won yet again. We're undefeated. Yay. Great. And, and, and so you can see how good this stuff is. Um, you can get the draft guide for 1999. I believe you have a code Boggs. I believe it's just Bogman. You have a code. Is it just Bogman? Yeah. Okay, so put in the code Bogman and you get some amount of money off. I don't know what it is. <laughs> what is it? I think How it's like three it? or four bucks. Uh, Dan, Dan keeps tweeting about it and I keep hitting the retweet. So I think it's like th- three or four dollars. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. And, then, and then there's a pro package as well. If you like what we're doing in the draft guide realm, we have all this stuff that carries through for the in-season. It, it's called Game Time Premium. You can get that. That's twenty nine ninety nine. But if you merge them together and you get the pro package, it's forty ninety nine. So you get a lot of that stuff discounted. And um, for our premium stuff this upcoming year, I can tell you. So we have our tech department has been expanding. Back when um, I started this website, it was basically just me. Yeah. You know, me and like a couple of other people. <laughs> you know, that were kind of contracted to do some basic stuff. But we have a full tech team now. So um, we're adding stuff all year long: tools, stats, measurement stuff. So um, you'll get that with the the, the premium products. And uh, yeah, uh, I can guarantee you will not be disappointed with the purchase. I'll put it to you that way. I love it. I love it. And it's something that every fantasy basketballer should go get. And, uh, you know, you can go get it at hoop-ball.com. And Brewski, you can find him on the Twitter at Aaron Brewski. Thanks so much for joining us. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we're going to get you back very, very soon. So uh, it's going to be annoying. I'm going to be obnoxious. I'm going to be like, hey, come on. Can you come on? And you're going to be like, well, that's a little early, Bogman. Uh, you know I'm not up that early. And I'll be like, well, uh, neither am I usually, but come on. Just get up early. One time. I, I should do that thing where I go, yeah, of course, of course, I'll do it. And then just never answer your text. Ever. <laughs> hey, look, you know what? I think I text you as the baby was coming out. Like you even said it was a small window. And I think I got right in there. 
So, uh, you know, it's uh, my timing is always phrasing. impeccable, of course. Yeah, phrasing. Yes, thank you, Archer. Uh, but uh, that's going to wrap up the show for today. Remember, um, we've got uh, the uh, entry league still going on. So hit me up, scottbogmangmail.com, if you want in that one. Winner gets a ring from officialfantasyrings.com. Look at that. And that is the last way to play with the Welsh and I this season. So hit me up, scottbogmangmail.com. Of course, follow us at uh, Bogman Sports on the Twitter and at is it the Welsh. And we will see you guys for the mock on Thursday or Friday, whenever I finish it. So uh, it'll be up very soon. So uh, thank you, Brewski, for coming on. We will see you guys later. Take it easy. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.